0: Welcome to the Midlife CEO Podcast, where business coach and strategist Jeannie Spiro teaches you how to take your coaching business to six figures and beyond at Midlife. Join Jeannie and her guests as they reveal their best kept secrets to creating a thriving six or seven figure lifestyle-based business. And now Jeannie Spiro. Welcome back to another episode of the Midlife CEO Podcast. Today is another awesome episode with another guest. I really was excited about this topic. In fact, after one of my events that I had, Denise attended the event, and I think I messaged her almost like within a few hours or a few days. And I sent her message in, in on Instagram DMs. I'm like, Please come on to my show, Denise. (laughs) So it was top of mind and I couldn't wait to have this conversation. So my today's guest is Denise Fitzpatrick, and she is going to be talking about marriage with me, not her marriage with me, but we're gonna be talking about marriage. We're gonna be talking about entrepreneurship. We're gonna be talking about communication. We're gonna be talking about business and entrepreneurship. I mean, excuse me, business and marriage. And I'm just so happy to have you here. So let me do a brief introduction. Um, She is a midlife marriage coach and an entrepreneur, and she also works with people that I work with, which I think is pretty fantastic. She's an experienced therapist turned marriage and relationship coach. She's the founder and owner of My Marriage Works, a private boutique coaching practice. Denise works with midlife married professionals, women and couples who want to have a better marriage. Denise provides one-on-one marriage coaching that results in couples being able to resolve long-standing issues, improve communication, and feel happy and fulfilled in their marriage. Denise is based out of Walpole, Massachusetts, and works with clients both locally
1: and around the country. Denise, I am so happy to have you here today. Yay, hey, thank you. I'm excited to be here. And that was a great introduction. Did I write all of that? (laughs) (laughs) No, I ad-libbed a little bit.
0: So no. Um, And for those of you who are just getting to know Denise, she's at MyMarriageWorks.com. But just as you know, typically all the show notes are going to have the links and you can certainly go more into uh, depth and do a deep dive over there with Denise. We've had the pleasure of meeting each other a few times, which is wonderful. And I just I love the fact that this is what you specialize in. And I'd love to first talk about how you entered entrepreneurship. So you've been a therapist for some time. Mm -hmm. Could you talk to me about your journey
1: in? Yeah. So um, back in 2000, 2001 was when I became uh, licensed in the state of Massachusetts to practice as a therapist. And I worked at a number of different um, state-funded programs, outpatient centers, until 2007, I think, was when I started my own practice, had my very first office. Like I was renting an office space and sharing it with somebody else. I think it was costing me maybe $200 a month, which was amazing. Um, and I did that because so many of the therapists that I were working with were going out on their own. I was like, oh, that just sounds amazing. Like I don't have to you know, work for somebody else. I'm gonna do this thing by myself. But honestly, I had no idea what it meant to run a business nothing none right so it's like oh i hang my shingle and the people come right Mm -hmm. i get on insurance panels and the people come well it was nothing like that so it it really has been an interest interesting journey and you know some people say you have a jobby it's like more like a hobby well that was me for many 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 years because you know i went to school to be a therapist i had no idea how to start and run a business. Right. So it is really the fastest path to personal growth. I will say that for sure.
0: It really is. And, you know, this isn't uncommon. A lot of people will say that, you know, you didn't have business experience in what you were doing before. And when you're working for somebody else, that was left to, you know, a company, an organization, whoever you're working with, and you were doing your job, right? Yes. And what you wanted to do to begin with but then, you know, like I'm going to just say, it's kind of like it looks like the grass is greener on the other side of entrepreneurship, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Definitely. Oh, how fun. Let's dive into this. Or yes. you start with this passion and then you start doing and you realize. So I'm just curious, like, uh, and I'll tell you what my one thing that I didn't know was going to be so challenging or would have to do so much of when I first started entrepreneurship. What was one thing that you were like, well, This is a surprise. Yeah.
1: You know, I was thinking of that as you were just talking. One of the biggest things for me was, you know, I thought it would be like the greatest thing I would, you know, my kids were getting to be school age. They would go off to school and, and I work for myself now. Like, isn't this wonderful? I can decide when I work, what I do, when I do it. And I found myself like alone in my house a lot. So number one, I missed like having people around. I was so accustomed to working with others and having friendships with the people I worked with and just a sense of belonging and sense of community. And I had no idea like what that was going to feel like. And it was pretty darn lonely. Um, And I think the other big change for me was having that level of of self direction or self discipline right you show up to your job you know what's expected of you what you have to do now you're in charge of you you have to decide all of that and figure that out for yourself and i don't do really I, I, without structure i don't do really well so i found like trying to put that structure in place for myself and I'll have to say, you know, I've had my own business since 2007. I still struggle with that. So that, again, has has been kind of a journey. So those two things the most were, were big surprises to me, for sure. It's definitely a process, right? It's it's not mm-hmm. like, oh,
0: wow, everyone just learns how to do this or it's it's easy right out of the gate. Um, I relate to that lonely piece that I was so used to working with other people. And then it coincided for me, my entrepreneurship and starting to work. I started my business before I actually was um, completely 100% on my own. But I, so I was with people because I, it was very common knowledge that I had a business at the same time I had a job. But when I completely cut the cord and I was by myself, it coincided with my children both going to college and i was like uh, oh wow yeah what happened it was like a double whammy
1: empty so, nest and now i'm here alone without the the support of the colleagues i had at work right what
0: did i do <laughs> um but but the other surprise for me personally was i had no idea how much writing or copywriting would be involved in having an online business and i was like oh wait a minute. Like I have to learn this. I I had, I was so unprepared for that Mm -hmm. part of it. Uh,
1: That, that was a learning curve for me in the beginning. I would say that's true for me as well, but I would say the first, you know, seven plus years of my business, I wasn't doing that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until probably the last five years that, you know, it became less of a job, a jobby, job, hobby, and actually became a real business. And then I started to get into content creation and free, like you said, at that point in time, for me, it was a huge, like, what? I don't know how to write. I don't know how to write content and put it on social media every day. So that I will have to say again, big learning, but I'm so glad because I have become such a better writer than I was five years ago. It's amazing.
0: Right. And you're able to share your thoughts more, the more that you write and the more Mm -hmm. that you do this and the more practiced you become at it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know your age, you don't know mine, but I'm imagining we're probably in similar generations and so forth. But I think like, I didn't grow up with social media. (laughs) I didn't grow up, right. Like with that at all. And, And personally, I started growing my business by referral um a little bit by referral but at the same time I dove straight into because I had a job and because I couldn't I I I had to be careful about it I had to use the internet so I had to write copy immediately and I had to write social media posts immediately so I had to learn that because I couldn't do what other business owners were were doing the networking in person and a lot of uh, development and even speaking right from the start I couldn't do So, um, so that's what I had to learn immediately.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, so why I really was excited to have you here is, um, many of the women that I work with are either dealing with a, they've been married for some time, or they are possibly completing a marriage, um, either by choice, or maybe even sometimes it's because they're Maybe a a loss of a spouse that's happened as well, or loss of a partner. So so there's a lot of things that happen beside growing a business. And so while I'm staying in the department of growing a business and the strategy and all that, it's very hard to ignore, because I I kind of can't. You know, people come into my community for a year and and longer, and you know you know what happens outside. And so one of the common things that I hear a lot about is stuff that happens, you know, even though I don't know the personal details, I'm aware, or Mm -hmm. it's communicated at times like strife or conflict or an issue that comes up. Um, And I'm, I know that you have so much depth and knowledge about this topic. So I'd love to know first, what attracted you to wanting to work with people in marriage first and and be in this be a marriage therapist to even start mm-hmm. what attracted mm-hmm. you to this
1: yeah that's a great question um you know looking back in my early years even while i was in graduate school i was doing home-based family therapy uh, mm-hmm. i even did that post-college for for a state-run program as well and what i came to enjoy what I really enjoyed was was the parent relationship. So we'd be doing family therapy, but I found that I was really attracted to helping people sort through um kind of this the couples issues. And I wasn't equipped in my private practice to deal with couples because what what a lot of people don't know is it's a very different skill than doing individual work. So I went back and did a like lots and lots of training for years to really get skilled at the work. Now, I think the thing that also drew me to that was I was having my own struggles in my marriage and at the same time helping other other couples and so it was sort of like this almost parallel process like I was learning to help the people that were showing up in my office, but at the same time, I was learning how to do that for myself and to grow and evolve through this entire process, sort of alongside my clients. Um, And I just, there's something just so incredibly fascinating about couples relationships too. And I, I feel like when I sit with a couple, it's almost like, this is what I was thinking the other day, you know, an interior decorator walks into or designer walks into your house. Right. And they can picture, right. You can't, that's why you call them into your house. And, you know, maybe you've got blank walls, the furniture's like whatever, and you're just not happy with what it looks like. And the designer comes in and it's like, Oh, I can picture it. I can see it clearly when I sit with a couple and they come in and they kind of have all this stuff. It's like, they're carrying this heavy, bag of rocks, a big huge weight and they kind of plop it down in my office and they're like you have to help us. And I I have an ability to just see so clearly the dynamics in their relationship, why what's happening is happening and how to help them undo it. Like I feel like that truly is one of my gifts. So certainly I think recognizing that that is one of my gifts is part of what what continues to draw me towards this work.
0: I love it. And it's so important and necessary. And, you know, I I will say, I personally think when you're doing work you love and it comes easily to you or not easily, but naturally, or you feel so connected to it, it doesn't feel like work. It Mm -hmm. feels like you're, and it sounds to me like you're on a mission and you're fulfilling a passion and a purpose at the same time. Like Mm -hmm. you've connected your gift and what you love to do. And brought it to your business and you get to help people every day.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was with a client last night and it's true. It doesn't always feel like work. I mean, sure. Sometimes it does, but other times when you, you just have these moments and I'll sit with clients and I finally started to understand what people mean when they say like channeling, Mm -hmm. you know, like when I'm not even aware of what I'm doing and it's just flowing. I'm like, Oh, that's it. I get it. Like, it's just, it's coming through me. And I always was was like, what does that mean? What are you, what are you doing? Like, I don't understand. Tell me what it is. And like, I was like looking for this concrete explanation, but it's really, it's something you feel. And so I was sitting with this client last night and she had the most amazing breakthrough and like tears and everything. And it was just, I was like, Oh my God. Right. Those are those moments where you're like, this doing this work is everything right i can't imagine doing something else so
0: well and and on the other side of it on the business side of it it's like when you probably have moments of doubt you're like but it's so affirming to see this impact of this work so it's like oh all right so this business challenge might be
1: here but i
0: get this benefit over here so I'll keep at it.
1: Right. (laughs) Yes. Definitely have to remind myself of that. Cause like you said, the business side of it is not always that fun, especially for, for people like me who, you know, didn't go to business school, didn't learn how to run a business. I mean, it's a lot easier now. um, But the, the work is what, what drives us, what motivates me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I got to do the business in order to, to work with the clients.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, and I'm, re, I'm relating to so much of what you're saying, because I, I, first of all, like I went to school for speech communication and I, I love the interpersonal side of it. So I would observe people's language and how they were with each other. And I love, like even just observing people speaking to one another in a situation. Now, I wasn't going any further into psychology or therapy, but it was like, oh, well, we are not speaking kindly to one another. And it was obvious, right? Because mm-hmm. I was like studying the communication piece, which is obviously just, you know, one of the many facets of um, which I know we're going to talk probably even more about, but one of the many facets of, of marriage, right? Is mm-hmm. how communicate with each other. But um, on on the business side, for me, I didn't, I didn't go to business school. And when I started my business, I had already been in corporate, I'd already been in business, I already worked for business owners. So I had so much, um, I had so much experience, and I mastered so many skills that I felt like I had an advantage when I started. But what I didn't have an advantage in were some of the difficult conversations that we as a couple navigated during the time when I was growing my business, and it was a struggle. Um, Mm. Because it was coinciding with a very challenging time of, double incomes needing to pay for college and my passion coming alive at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it was like okay I got one of this one thing figured out but mm-hmm. you know it it was not an easy time to go through that. And so many of the women that I work with are awakening their passion and feeling like they're excited about having a business and They're not seeing the evidence in every case that their business is succeeding. And so in a relationship or in a marriage, you know, they've like, we already have stress. We've probably related to this already. Both of us can say, yeah, it's stressful to have a business and then to be in a relationship, you know, it's not just us. Right. Um, and then to have like the stress of a business that's not taking off or, um, you know, there's so many I can go in so many different directions with this, Denise. But I feel like I wished I'd had more support early on with some of the difficult conversations that I needed to have or that we needed to have mm-hmm. because I don't think we know we knew how to navigate it when I was trying to grow my passion. And it was very stressful because I was making a decision to switch our income around at the same time right yeah and evidence was not showing up immediately
1: (laughs) yeah and i think that can put a, a strain on a marriage right especially if you're dependent on both um incomes right and if you have a partner that hasn't been in entrepreneurship right maybe is risk averse my husband's very risk averse and we know as as being uh business owners for ourselves sometimes the months can look very up and down, right? It's kind of like riding a roller coaster. So one month you might have a big month and the next month you're like, oh my God, how am I gonna pay the bills? So yeah, it it really, uh, it, it does require the ability to um, communicate about these things with your partner. And even though they they might, again, like I said, be risk averse and not quite understand, There has to be a conversation about, okay, you might not agree, but we still have to be able to talk about this productively. Because what happens is if you start having really tense conversations and unproductive conversations, not only now do you have the the challenge of uh, fluctuating income, but now you've got even more stress because you and your husband are fighting about it or you and your partner are fighting about it, right? Right. So this it's never like an easy solution like how do we solve this cuz oftentimes you know there are issues that that all relationships deal with sort of on a continual basis how you talk about them and navigate those those differences is what matters.
0: Well and I think I'm also understanding that in some cases there's some people who come into a relation or come into a uh, starting a business or having a business. And there's already some other issues that might have been going on in a relationship. And prob- you probably see this too. It's not like, oh, well, our problem started because it started the business. There may, It may contribute to some other friction or other things that have happened. In some cases, it's like, the, I don't know, the, the lid flies off because the, you know, the, the business was started, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but I want to go back to something that I think is so helpful is like these difficult conversations can happen because not only it's like an, an investment decision, right. Or it be, you know, so it's like, I want to invest in something, right. Some people will say, I want to invest in, you know, growing my business and whatever it looks like they, that decision is when the money isn't coming in quite yet it might require a conversation with a partner or spouse right yeah or uh, or when things aren't going so well it might require the conversation um what do you see it is a, or what would you say to someone who might be afraid to have those initial conversations in those mm. stressful times like yeah you know, no
1: i can totally relate to that because i've I've had to make those decisions myself about investing and Mm -hmm. having those conversations with my husband. And well, I would say, I mean, I would say two things about that. But the first is it's not an easy conversation, especially if you're assuming, like we make assumptions about, oh, well, he's going to be upset or he's going to be angry or they're not going to approve. They're going to, Tell me that's a, a stupid investment or whatever the case might be but we kind of assume the worst if we and then we avoid it so maybe we either make the investment without saying anything right which then could down the road could cause problems because maybe you've covered it up and they find out and now it's a big problem mm-hmm. or you don't invest because you're you're thinking they're not going to approve and then you might feel resentful mm-hmm. right so it, it's better to have the conversation, even if it's hard to be honest and to work through it together. Um, and one of the other things, and i don't I don't know if this is going off on a tangent, but um, sometimes, I would recommend, especially if people are new in business and they're really things are up and down financially, and you're really trying to make a go of it. It never hurts to get like a job that Mm -hmm. you can rely on as a dependent income until your business really takes off Mm -hmm. right now. I I was in a different position, um, but I I know for some, they're just starting out and they've maybe Mm -hmm. let go of a, a full time gig and it's like all this pressure on the business. To make it right. And so when we speak about relationships, and we have a relationship with our business, if we're like really hammering on our business, like, oh, you've got to produce, you've got to make this work for me, right, then that's really just, um, I feel like it's destined to backfire when we're doing that.
0: Uh, Absolutely. I love this conversation. I will say on a personal level, I had it very, very different because I have a very, very supportive person in my life. My husband is incredibly supportive of everything that I do. And it was so wonderful. Like it was like, yes, yes, do like, you know, it was just like, do what you want. Like it wasn't completely do what you want to do, but like he was very supportive of me. But when I was, he wasn't understanding some of the things that I was going through because he wasn't an entrepreneur at the time. So he, so I would sort of have conversations and he's like, oh, you know, like, and it was like, but you're not getting how serious this feels or how hard this is. And he was supportive. I'm not ever saying he wasn't, he's always been, but he couldn't relate to some of the experiences going through. And so when he did become an entrepreneur, I'll tell you. We matched conversations. It was so interesting because I felt like we were so in sync at a different time in our marriage. Really cool. Both of us, sort of like, hey, this is going on in my business, and this is going on in my business. And we were really able to support each other in a different way, which was great. That's awesome. Yeah. But that doesn't happen to everybody because I think it can go. Uh, another direction entirely mm-hmm. yeah what from your experience do you think is a challenge though for a woman in a marriage who's
1: running a business what else yeah have you seen come up oh, well i think um i don't know if i i actually saw i don't think i saw this in my own business but it was definitely a storyline that that played Played out in my mind because I think as women, we're we are conditioned this way. Like the man's job or the partner's job, whoever makes the, the big money. Which I guess in in I will speak about husbands because that's primarily who I work with, and and that's I reference my own relationship where it's like the man's job is more important, right? There's a sense that <clears throat> in traditional relationships um, he is the breadwinner. Right. And so it's, I see it like, oh, well, if exactly what you were talking about earlier, if the kids are sick, well, she can do it because, you know, she works for herself. So, um, she doesn't have to, you know, she can cancel her appointments. She can be more available because she has the flexibility. I mean, I even saw that in one of my clients who has two young children and she is a business owner. And her husband works in corporate. And whenever there was a problem in the family, or there was a kid that was sick, or there was something, some emergency in the house, it was always she that had to step away from her work to be the person to solve the problem, which is kind of what you were sharing earlier, Jeannie, about kind of the situation going on in your home. So I think that there can be sort of this attitude of, well, your job is less important. Right. And so then you need to kind of pick up the the slack when when things start to go awry at home or with children or whatnot.
0: Or even you're available because you're in the home. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm not. Right. So there's like an available an assumption of av- availability. That right. Is
1: done, right. Not kind um, of respecting the time like, oh, no, I'm still working even if I'm in the house. Right. right. It's not like I can just do whatever I want to do and ignore my business.
0: Right right and and to reference what Denise was just mentioning in my case my husband started working outside of the home and so it was like well wait a second now things have shifted back again and so i wasn't prepared at that point to to kind of assume some of the things that he was doing or we both were like not even realizing that he had so much flexibility before and then it shifted and so the shift sort of slid back in this direction during certain times of the day in particular because of his Lack of avail- availability, and it was like, wait a minute, how do I, what do we do, how, yeah. what's this look like? And I think that a lot of the people that I work with, um, maybe it's the same with you, is that we are home-based, especially during the pandemic, like, I think everybody was pand- yeah. in the pandemic was home-based, but, you know, in this home-based, especially when you own your own business and you're working from home, um, it our, you know, our businesses are important to us. And how do we communicate? So this is like a really important thing that I've seen other people deal with is like, how do we communicate our needs when we're working for home from home in making sure that we have Mm -hmm. the space or the place or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, So this all goes back to
1: communication, which I know you talk about. Yeah communication, like being really clear about, um, what, what your needs are, what your expectations are boundaries, like really setting. And that was one of the things I worked on with my client, who is a, who is a business owner and was finding those struggles, like really having to have a conversation with her husband and her nanny. Like, I know I'm here, but I am not available between these hours right and just it and really sticking to it so even if you've got you can hear your kid in the background or something you know falls on the floor the kid's screaming like i can't go i'm not i can't i'm not going to address that you know and i think if it becomes really difficult uh i think now you know we're through the pandemic there are opportunities for like co-working space if you're if your business kind of allows for that i personally have an office downtown so I have the option of either being at my home or being in my office downtown. I know not everybody is going to get themselves an office, but there certainly are plenty of places around, like whether it's co-working or coffee shops to, to be able to get out and um, use some of those spaces as well.
0: Absolutely. And so it's a it's another thing that might also have to be communicated. Like I might not be here during the day, right? Mm-hmm. I made this change. And it's because I am also working or yeah. I have my career or job or business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there might be a conversation like investing in this is important
1: to have because yeah. of this reason. Um, but with- yeah, And getting your partner to also be a part of that troubleshooting too. Like, do you yeah. need extra help during the day so somebody can you know, I I don't know if people have young kids or older kids, but still there's, there's a lot that has to be a lot of moving parts. I mean, my kids are older too, but that's, they're still needing us. Right. So having your partner be a part of that process too, not, it's like, it doesn't have to be your sole responsibility to figure out who's going to be available to do X, Y, and Z, who's going to be available for the kids like that. Typically, you know, as women, I think we assume all of that responsibility. And I think it's really important to get your partner involved in that. Here's what I need. And here's how I need you to help me figure this out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I And I think that this is the thing it's, it goes back to everything you're talking about is it's, it really starts with this communication process or really talking mm-hmm. to each other. Um, you know, and, and I think that there's, some people who are super expressive and they let everything out and then there's other people who keep everything in Mm -hmm. (laughs) right um i don't know uh i have a tendency to like let it stay inside for a while and then i'm like all right it's out like (laughs) yeah hold this anymore which isn't necessarily always the healthiest thing to do either right so You've created something that I think is is really like it's a guide and it's something I think that's really going to be helpful so I'd love for you to tell a little bit about what this is because I think it goes back to shifting communication like a pattern so denise would you tell everyone what you created and it is a free gift so i want everybody yeah to- Yes. Yeah.
1: so it's a guide it's it's five simple shifts so you can stop having the same old fight for good uh that is definitely one of the most common complaints i hear from people that come to work with me um over the course of years in in long-term relationships or marriages people do get into these patterns, patterns of the way they behave and react to each other, the patterns of the way they communicate. And, um, and they just keep repeating each and every time either uh, the same issue comes up different issue comes up. But this, even if it's a different issue, you find yourself in these same patterns. So in this guide, I share five shifts that people can make. And these are things you can implement right away to really change the course of the the conversation right if you really are tired of getting caught up in those patterns Mm -hmm. these five shifts will help you change that and this has to be the kind of thing where it's like regardless of what my partner does i'm gonna show up in a different way Mm -hmm. right i'm gonna take these steps because the thing is when we change we naturally influence the way our partner responds or reacts. So you might not see it immediately, but if you make a commitment to yourself to do something differently, then over time, you will see a shift in the way they respond to you. I
0: love that. I, I love this. And and so we'll have the link in the show notes, but it's happymarriageexpert.com, five simple shifts or forward slash five simple shifts. So we'll have the, the link in there. I will tell you what this reminds me of. I do this uh, do this program. It's called the class. And the other day, the woman that was leading it was talking. You know, she's doing the whole beginning of the class, and she's talking about she saw on the street of New York City. Uh, I was like a cab driver, and you know, in New York City, they're like, "Hey, you watch out." And so I guess the person responded, "You watch out." And so it was <laughs> like, "What is good?" You know, what could happen? And so the woman, she's like, I, Meanwhile, I'm working out. and I'm listening to her, and she's telling this whole story. And I'm like. Geez, I'm, I'm here to like, like, you know, relieve a little pressure, like now I'm suddenly feeling a little stressed. But at the end of the class, she said, you know, what if one person was present, right? And one if one person paused and was present. And like, I was just, I've been practicing that Mm -hmm. a little bit more in every area. Um, Yes, it only takes one. Yes, which I love, right? What you said? Yes,
1: yes, I'm all about that. I mean, it's certainly the way that I um, changed my own marriage. And in addition to working with couples, I work with lots of women individually. And I think around this midlife age, like we've been through a lot of these different relationship stages, you know, the first getting married, then having children, and then there's it's hard when the kids are young. I mean, that that puts the huge big strain on people's marriages. And then you kind of come through that. Now you just have more space, more understanding. You've already done some of your own personal growth and development. And so um, we just have a different understanding uh, of what that, like what that next phase is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've been talking a lot about this um, externally and, and even on the show, too. But I really believe that this can be a very rich period of life for us. You know, it's this stage and phase of life where some of us are experienced who have children. Our children are leaving the nest and how we can look at it a little bit differently, especially as business owners. It's like we're tapping into our passion and our mission here even more. And we're excited about it. And it's it's a phase that we can keep going and expanding. And we're also probably a little seasoned in our relationship with our marriage, right? Yes. And it's the phase before retirement. And so I look at it like, why can't we try to have it all? And why can't we work um, not only to have a great business, but wonderful relationships or communication in our relationships and the people in our lives Mm -hmm. as well? Mm -hmm. I love the work that you do because it supports this individual who does want this, all of these aspects to be in their life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what would you say is one of the most common things though, that does come up for someone who is sort of going through the empty nest chapter, um, you know, as you know, because this is where a lot of the women I know are going through their kids are going to school or, now, they might even be empty nest because the relationship um, that they had is no longer there. Um, you know, th- th- there's some self-talk, too, that happens. And I'm wondering if there's anything that you might be able to say that that can support that person, even in their communication with themselves during that time, that would be a helpful thing for them to be thinking about mm-hmm. as they're going through some of these struggles right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely can relate to the, the empty nest. I'm, I'm kind of on the cusp of that. I have uh, a son that's going to be graduating there this year and going off. And I have another son at home who's 20. Um, but he's not college bound, but will be leaving soon. And actually, sometimes it feels like he's already left because he's never really here anyway. Um, so I think it's I think it's a difficult transition because, number one, we're we're sort of saying goodbye to our children and we'll never have them here at home in that way again. Mm-hmm. And then the second part of that is, like, now we're going to be alone with our partner. Right. We and we're moving into this new phase of our relationship. So sometimes I think people are really afraid of that. If they haven't really nurtured or cared for the relationship over the years and they feel like, well, what are what are we going to do? What are we going to say to each other? We're not going to have anything to talk about or that kind of thing. And I, I would say I have couples that come to me in that stage who are like we are facing emptiness or we're in emptiness and we don't know how to like get back to we want to stay together. We want to enjoy our life together help us do that. So I would say, you know, get support for that piece. But also, I think what you were talking about is kind of this internal talk piece, like Mm -hmm. that is so, so, so important, right. And that's where everything starts, because the relationship we have with ourselves is what is going to dictate the quality of the relationships that we have with other people. And I think as women, we tend to be really hard on ourselves. So I'm always working with my clients around just self-compassion, um, not judging ourselves, not criticizing ourselves, because whatever we're saying to ourselves inside is what we are going to project on the outside, right? So if we're being really harsh and critical and not loving of ourselves, then that's how we're going to show up with other people. So any change in, in relationship starts with loving ourselves more.
0: Oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. And I, you're so like, I just could talk to you all day long about this, Denise, because I know how much you love this, um, the conversation and the work Mm -hmm. you do and it's so important. And, you know, I know we went through that season ourselves. Um, our nest is emptied, filled and emptied a couple of times. Mm (laughs) Um, so we're now a little bit more seasoned at it, but I remember going through that, as I mentioned at the beginning, when I first started to come home and then the nest was empty and I wrote a story about, you know, some more of this. And I remember feeling like I didn't even really know where to begin with anyone else. Like I, I couldn't even figure out myself at that time. And it was Mm. such a struggle because I'd given so much, you know, we'd given so much to our family. We'd given so much to our kids. And it was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Like, who am I? Who, Who am I? Who am I as a business owner? who are we as a couple? Um, So this, this the self-talk was really important. Yes. I could keep talking, but I'm going to let everybody keep going and listening to you even more elsewhere, because I know I've gotten to see you do videos. I think you do reels.
1: I think I've seen. I have done a couple. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm mostly, I'm mostly on Facebook more than I am on Instagram, uh, but Yeah, I'm a little bit of both, but I also have a a Facebook group if any women are interested in in um, in joining over there. Great. Okay, so we're gonna want all of your social
0: links. We're gonna put all of them below your Facebook group, your free gift, your website for anyone who is having a hard time. whether you're beginning your business and you're having difficult conversations with your partner or spouse, especially around in, you know, whatever you're going through. Yeah. I think it's really helpful to talk, talk to someone. Denise is there. And if she works with people all throughout the country, um, on top of it, you know, maybe you're going through something else internally with, some shifts and so forth. You happen to be a business owner listening to this, please. I think um, if there's some kind of impact that it's having on your relationship, you've got somebody right here who uh, is pretty great about being able to sort things out with yeah. you. So I'm excited. And I love what your example was before that you can walk in and see like a designer can what might yes. be at Yeah. Um, Anything else that you can share with us before we wrap up or any parting thoughts with our audience
1: today? Um, I I think just going back to that, um, what I last said a couple minutes ago was it really starts with us, right? It's one of the most important things that I think as women that we have to remember is we have to love ourselves first um, in order to be able to, Um, love other people and so that means also putting ourselves first and prioritizing ourselves right not everybody else I think we do that so much uh we think everybody you know we've got to take care of everybody else and then us but no it really has to be the other way around because we are going to show up as the best version of ourselves as a business owner as a partner as a mother or or a friend, a sister, a daughter, when we are caring for ourselves, so I can't emphasize that enough.
0: Right. I love this. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being here, Denise.
1: This thank you so much. This was great. Thank you. That's great.
0: Well, everyone i'm so happy you're here, and I think that one of the things that I love the most is having these conversations about business and everything that relates to business as a business owner, and this is a. This is a heavy one a deep one and sometimes we don't feel like we can talk to other people about what's going on so it's nice to learn uh, and hopefully you've picked up some really good golden nuggets today. If you're growing your business and you're struggling right now with trying to figure out your next steps, or you're like, I am so overwhelmed with the next strategy, or I don't know what to do to figure out how to get more clients and make more money in my business, you can come on over to geniespiro.com and check me out all over there. (laughs) Check out my business and, and see if I can be of some support. That is it for today's episode. I look forward to seeing you in the next, and thank you for listening as always. I'll see you the next time, everyone. Take good care. Thanks for listening to the Midlife CEO Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.